Mediated Conversation on SAFM. 27 minutes now to nine. The time time for your Mediated Conversation this Monday morning. So in the wake of the publication of the census two, three weeks ago, more and more people have been looking through the data and looking at what it tells us about our country. I should remind you, numbers can often be interpreted in different ways and you may find that people can disagree on the same data. Now the Gauteng City Region Observatory has suggested that based on the numbers that have been published, it may be that the city of Cape Town is now bigger or is becoming bigger than the city of Joburg. In other words, the pace of people moving into Joburg is slowing down while the pace of people moving into Cape Town is speeding up. Of course, it's Hard to know for sure. One of the reasons for that is that the census had a big undercount. By some figures, there was an undercount of around 31%. That means that 31% of people were not counted directly. But that does not mean they were not counted, just that they were counted in a different way or accounted for in a different way. At the same time, it is obvious that there are people moving from Joburg to Cape Town or not moving to Joburg at all and instead going to Cape Town. So what is happening and why is this happening? First this morning, Graham Gotts is the Director of Research and Strategy at the Gauteng City Region Observatory. Then the numbers. Rasengo Malaleke is the Statistician General of South Africa and the Head of Statistics South Africa. We will ask about the undercount and the numbers. And then finally, could the prices of property help us. Could we actually start to see trends emerging in property, which may help to confirm these numbers one way or another? Professor Francois Verrilli is a, pro- a, pr- a professor in property and a professor in property economics at the University of Cape Town. We start then with Graham Gotts from the Gauteng City Region Observatory. Graham, good morning and thank you for your time. Thanks very much and good to be on your show again, Stephen. You've been looking through the census. What does it tell us in your interpretation about the movement of people to Joburg and the people of and the movement of people to Cape Town? So let me just start with a little uh, uh, indication of of uh, our reaction to the census numbers. In uh, 2012, we brought out a report very quickly after the census 2011 results were released, and in that report we said what was so surprising about the census results was how unsurprising they were because basically we were seeing exactly what we expected, fast-growing cities, um, some progress, some development progress, but of course lots of informality and so on. And this time around, I think we are saying exactly the opposite. These numbers are really, really surprising. Um, We expected, based on anecdotal evidence, that uh, we'd continue to see fast uh, uh, growth in Gauteng and in particular Johannesburg, and the census numbers are not saying that at all. Um, So just by way of illustration, um, between 1996 and 2001, the average annual growth rate of Gauteng was 4.3%. Between 2001 and 2011, it was 2.7%. And and now between 2011 and 22, it's been dragged all the way back down to 1.8, 1.9%. So we tend to think of Gauteng as the fastest growing part of South Africa, but that's not what the census results are, are showing at this point in time. So really surprising. Uh, I mean, th- this is the this is the big headline number. If you want it, is that um, that uh, Statisa's Statis own mid-year population estimates put the population of Gauteng last year in 2022 at 16.1 million, which is their statistical forward projections, their estimates based on previous census. We are now sitting a million short of that number um, at uh, just 15.1 million. So Statisa's own estimates is a million. Uh, 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 over what uh, the census results is showing for Gauteng. 
So just to be very clear, that 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 that, that figure for Gauteng helps us. The the projection was sixteen point one million. The census says fifteen point one. We'll get to the stats. We'll ask the statistician about that in a moment. When we talk about Joburg and Cape Town, are we talking about Johannesburg or Johannesburg and Ekuroleni or Gauteng? So, so the census data is released for each municipal area, and so we can see separate figures for Johannesburg, for Ekuroleni, for Chwane. Um, and the census numbers for Johannesburg are just staggering. Uh, we're looking at a situation where Johannesburg is growing, according to the census, by a mere 0.8% uh, annual average growth, growth per year. Now, if you think about the fact that um, Johannesburg uh, was estimated now at just uh, f- uh, 4.8 million people, and Cape Town is estimated at 4.8 million people, but Johannesburg is growing at 0.7, and Cape Town is growing at double that. Basically, what it means is this year, according to Status Aid, Cape Town is larger than Johannesburg, and that figure is just staggering for us. So, a part of us is not is not wanting to believe the numbers. A part of us is saying something here is wrong. There must be something in the undercount um, that's explaining this. But there is a possibility that the numbers, even if they're not precise, are at least suggesting that there's a significant turnaround in Johannesburg's fortunes uh, and people are either leaving the city or not wanting to come here, um, which is a really, really concerning thing. Some people might think it's a good thing. Uh, sure. Oh, my goodness. Thank goodness. You know, the, 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 the pressure is off. Um, but for a city that's losing population or not losing population, but not growing nearly as fast as, as everyone thinks, there is trouble ahead. Okay. Um, is there, I mean, we'll talk property with an expert, with Professor Varelli in a minute, but is there, are there other data points outside of SA that could point one way or another to what's happening that you're aware of? Yeah, I mean, we're doing a lot of this at the moment. We're looking at our own quality of life survey data. Every two years, two to three years, the GCRO comes out with a big quality of life survey. Um, and, uh, and, and, and that's, uh, it's a large survey. It last count was about 13,600 respondents. And we're trying to look at that data to understand, uh, whether it lines up with what the census is saying. Some data points do align. Um, one of the interesting things that we saw in the, in the statistics release was that there's been a shift downward, um, in the proportion of people with tertiary qualifications. So last time around. Um, we had a situation where 18% had a tertiary education qualification. Now it's back down to 16%. Now our own quality of life survey has that as a much higher thing, but it's also according to the the quality of life survey coming down. And what that's telling you is that educated people um, may potentially be leaving the city for for, for greener pastures. Uh, so you know, people with 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 higher education uh, qualifications are going to places like Cape Town where you know, they, they, they can make money. Why is it a bad thing if a city like Joburg is getting smaller? Well, you'll talk to Francois about property values, but that's one that's one particular thing. It's if people, in a nutshell, if people don't want to invest their, 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 their aspirations here, um, if they are looking for opportunities somewhere else, um, they take the accumulated assets uh, and their, their money um, and, their, and their aspirations and, their, and they place it somewhere else. Um, so property values is a good indication of this. If, if the property market in Johannesburg is collapsing, but Cape Town's is gaining, that tells you something. Um, the other thing that we think we might be seeing, and I, I remember talking to you about this 
about a month ago when we, when we talked about the Joburg fire, is that there's a lot of people, we think there's a lot of people who are hedging their bets, who are coming to live in the city, but trying to live as cheaply as possible, because really they're thinking, I'm going to build a life back in a rural area. Um, and, and what that basically does is it, is, is it means that um, people aren't willing uh, to, to, to build their lives here. If they have a little bit of money, they put it in a rural home, uh, in the investment of a, of, of a family home back in a rural area. Um, and, and that means less money available to the city. So, it, you, you know, just uh, shift to the left a little bit. If you think about all that failing infrastructure in a city like Johannesburg, the only money that's available for fixing that infrastructure is the ratepayers, is the, is the residents who consume those services. And if those residents and ratepayers are either leaving the city or they're not willing to spend their hard-earned money here, they're wanting to put it somewhere else and live as cheaply as possible, that means less money available to the municipality to fix that infrastructure. And what kicks in is a downward spiral. And cities across the world have seen this. Detroit is a good example. New York in the 1980s is a good example. Graham Gotts, thank you very much indeed. Director for Research and Strategy at the Gauteng City Region Observatory. 18 minutes to nine, you with SFM. Your mediated conversation continues about some of the numbers about migration that have come out of the census. The Statistician General of South Africa is Rasingo Malaleka. He's also Head of Statistics South Africa. Statistician General, good morning and thank you for your time. Let me greet you and greet the fellow p- uh, panelists as well as uh, the listeners. The mid-year population estimate, and I emphasize the word estimate, was 16.1 million in Gauteng. The census says 15 point, says 15.1 million. I presume you would say the census is right because the other figure is just an estimate. Well, uh, I think you have come closest to it, but this is what happens. Uh, when we release the mid-year population estimates, we project forward this and this is the only projection that status does because you need uh, to continue planning but the uh, 2022 population media estimates use census 2011 as a base so you look at what fertility was in 2011 as well as what mortality was and migratory patterns were in 2011. And of course, when you run a new census, as in 2022, the census runs supreme because the conditions that were sustaining in 2011, that is about uh, 11 years ago, would not necessarily sustain. But in the absence of any other estimate uh, that we could use, we had to continue using 2011 because we hadn't conducted a census. So a census always runs supreme than the media population estimates. So that is why we are seeing that uh, when we came up with the projections from the media estimates, we're saying 16.1. But when we went to count the population of Gauteng, we came back with 15.1 million. Of course, there will be issues that will be raised that uh, you went to 96% of the points where you were collecting, but uh, your undercount is sitting at 31% for housing. So when you go to a point, we do not know whether we'll find a person there or not. Sure. Some of some of them are, are unoccupied. Some of them are single person, uh, single household person. So what we do in a census is that you can't, unlike in a sample survey where you can keep on going back and going back, 
But in a census, you keep on moving because then you need to reach out to everyone. You record everyone that you can reach out uh, or that you didn't find. That is why the, uh, the, the, the undercount was not released by somebody else. It was released by State SA uh, after we ran the, the, the sample-based uh, uh, post-enumeration survey. What do we do with the undercount? We take that uh, percentage, the 31% that we missed in Gauteng, and we use it as an adjustment to come up with a, a population estimate for the nation as well as for Gauteng. So the undercount is not a number we release. We use it for adjusting the population uh, to okay. where uh, it should be. So you'll know there's been a lot of conversation around this, the undercount of 31%. How do you know that the undercount is 31%? In other words, how do you know who you didn't count, I suppose, would be the question. Firstly, after running a census, you go into field again with what you call a post-enumeration survey, which is a sample size. It's not a full census because it's very expensive. So when you have taken that sample-based uh, uh, survey, you then compare record for record, settlement for settlement, age for age, sex for sex, and then you see how, uh, how much people you have missed based on their sex in terms of whether they are male or female, whether they are young children, whether they are a, 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 what's that, older people, and from what kind of settlements. Then you come up with an undercount for the nation and for each province. So that's how we come up with the undercount. Okay. At 31%, if the undercount was so high, do you believe the census is still credible? By all means credible. The credibility of the census is not only decided by state SA. We have a statistics council that uh, uh, it's not supervising state SA. It advises both the statistician general and the minister. And in this regard, they themselves went through the census. They also got national and international experts on different patterns, whether it's households, education, fertility, and everything. And they've come back and said, uh, and it's not a statement they give to us. They give to the nation to say that uh, the, the census is fit for purpose. So there are other issues that I think people um, were surprised. Let me say something yeah. quickly. Go on. Uh, we would not have released the numbers if they were not credible. The other thing just on that is that, as I understand it, the undercount in the Western Cape was bigger than anywhere else. Why is there such a big pro uh, pro provincial dis disparity? Why, why was there such a big undercount in some provinces and not others? Well, provinces differ. For example, in the Western Cape, you have 64% of the population uh, sitting in the city of Cape Town. Then you send our field workers. The one thing that was very clear, particularly in the city of Cape Town, is that you have a, a population of 64% uh, in the city of Cape Town, largely white. They would not accept colored and black field workers in their households uh, or in their dwelling units. We allowed them to complete online, which helped a lot. That's why uh, Western Cape had a higher, uh, what's that, uh, counting from online forms that were filled. However, let me mention, the Western Cape is the one where we put a lot of resources because it dragged on, it was becoming difficult. When other provinces like Mpumalanga and, uh, West, and, and Limpopo had reached 95% of the count, we had not even reached 40% of the count in the Western Cape. Okay. Th there's another issue that people are a bit concerned about, 
Well, let me put it differently. Many people were surprised to find, according to the census, that such a small proportion of our population had been born in other countries. I'm talking about foreign nationals living in South Africa. Of course, um, this is not according to the census, but we understand and the sort of lived experience is that many people are here illegally. So if people are here illegally, how can you be sure that they were counted properly and that the proportion of foreign nationals or people born outside South Africa that you have said are here in the census is correct? 2.4 million uh, people born outside South Africa, we said. Uh, and it's one of the, 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 the uh, variables that... Uh, experts and the council said it's much more consistent but let me put it this way when we come to you we don't record what we think we record what you say so if we come to you and ask you do you smoke and you are busy puffing a cigarette out and you say i don't smoke we don't record what we see we record what you say so whatever is in the census is what people that found themselves within borders of South Africa told us. Of course, uh, I had a discussion with the Minister of Home Affairs who was saying, but uh, what do you do when people come and tell you they were not born here and you can uh, see or hear that uh, uh, they will, uh, or even when you talk to them. And I'm saying we have no other measure. We only measure what people say. Statistician General, thank you very much indeed. Will you please pass our regards on to Melo the Robot? We will have more robots, but let me encourage members of the public to continue making themselves available to be counted whenever our field workers knock at their doors. The Statistician General, Rasinga Malaleka, the Statistician General of South Africa and Head of Statistics South Africa. Thank you very much indeed. In a moment on SAFM, your mediated conversation will continue. We'll speak to the property expert, Professor Francois Verruli. Mediated Conversation on SAFM. Your Mediated Conversation continues at seven minutes to nine about what appears to be a big movement away from Joburg and to Cape Town. To put it another way, Joburg is now growing much less quickly than Cape Town. Professor Francois Verulli is a property economist and professor in property economics in UCT. Professor Verulli, good morning and thank you for your time. Good morning, Stephen. Good morning. So we have these numbers from the census and from StatsSA that suggest Cape Town is growing and Joburg is hardly growing at all. Is there data from the property market and from different segments in the property market, because many people will be living informally, that can help us assess this? Stephen, I think I'd still, um, I'd like to start with a point that you made previously. And I think it is also important to, when we look at Joburg, not to stop at Joburg, but to also include Chuana and Ikurileni. And um, the population growth of Ikurileni is well above 0.8. I was looking at the census and it's actually at 2.4% and Chuana is 3.1%. So I think that one has to be fairly careful comparing Cape Town against Johannesburg itself. Uh, but taking a broader definition of uh, the Johannesburg uh, property market, which encapsulates a whole lot more. Stephen, um, looking at the property market, I think my first point is one has to be careful how one defines the property market. And maybe for the listeners, it's worthwhile to remember that about 70% of all properties on the deeds registry is below a million rounds. 
So when we talk of the South African property market, that's the market we're largely talking about. Um, and it's important to see what happens in that property market. And even if you take the Cape Town property market, 52% of properties are below 600,000. So I suppose the point that, that I'm trying to make here is fairly quickly one starts thinking, oh, well, you know, semigration, it's having an impact on the higher end of the market, when it's actually that particular segment of the market that one should be looking at. Um, and what are we seeing there? We are, first of all, generally seeing a poor performance in the property market across South Africa because of the macroeconomic environment, interest rates. But we're seeing the Johannesburg property market performing poorly compared to the Cape Town property market um, at the moment. Um, and I would say that the performance is about half the number. I mean, if one again looks at that segment of the market, the 600,000, last year we probably saw a growth rate of about 3%, but I think that that number is going to drop significantly to probably below 1%. Stephen, the, the issue is really the following, that if we are seeing this in-migration into the Cape Town property market, as is being suggested, it is, first of all, worthwhile to remember that many will come at the lower income groups. Actually, about 20% of Cape Town's population, about 900,000 people, are living in informality. So. A movement of this sort, which is largely coming, by the way, from the Eastern Cape, is, is affecting the, the lowest end of the market. And I think that is something that we're going to have to look at very carefully. Um, and the ability of uh, the Cape Town property market to deal with that. I'd, I'd be happy to talk to you about the supply side and the delivery of housing. Mm -hmm. but. Uh, so, so what you're saying is that we're seeing um, in the low, in the in the cheaper sections of the market, that's where the, the growth is really happening, and that also then leads to questions around whether you know if it's bad news for Joburg that people are leaving, it's bad news for Cape Town that it doesn't have the housing that people will need. Well, that's exactly the point. Actually, at the moment, the figures from the city suggest that there's a shortfall of about between. 22 to 27,000 units per annum. That's the shortfall at the moment. We, we probably need about 40,000 units. What is also happening is that across the country, and this impacts on all the metros and including Cape Town and everywhere else, is that the number of houses completed smaller than 80 square meters dropped in the period January to August 22, 23 by 13%, and it dropped by 22% in Cape Town. So we're actually producing fewer and fewer homes in that segment of the market, but the population in our urban environments, and certainly the Cape Town being an example. So your point is absolutely correct, that on the, on the one hand says, well, that's great, we're seeing people move in, but if you can't house them, um, you can well imagine the social problems that you can find yourself. Uh, people are still going to move to Cape Town, clearly. Um, what does that then do to Joburg? Or well, people might even move from Joburg to, as you point out, Tswane or Koroleni. 
um, then people with property in Joburg are going to take a huge loss in the end. Sometimes to make that move, or if they're getting older, they might have thought that the the property that they were, you know, maybe they have five hundred thousand rand as a property that yeah. give them a start for retirement or something, and it won't be worth that. Well, and this is exactly what we've seen. I mean, the average, and I, I don't want to go into the short-term details, but the, the average household is probably paying about 40% more at the moment on their interest uh, bill, uh, looking at the interest rate increases that we're having. So so we're starting to see that um, that impact on, on the market. But by the way, it's also just worthwhile, and I, I know we've been looking at Cape Town, but talking about migration, if I also looked at the numbers for the garden route, and there the population has been rising by 3.7%. So we're also seeing a movement of the, uh, and again, on a very specific component of the market, mm. um, moving into the garden route and other places in the Western Cape. But I think that ult- ultimately it comes back to the point that when we talk of the South African property market, we are we are talking of a market at 700,000 uh, and below. And our, our biggest challenge is really going to be that if we're going to see this movement, how do we pump up the supply? Because RDP housing is not going to, to do it going forward. And um, the property entrepreneur will have to take that in, in their own hands. Professor Francois Verrulli, thank you. Property, a professor of property economics at UCT. My thanks also to the Statistician General of South Africa, Head of Stats SA, Rasinga Malaleka, and Graham Gotts is the Director of Research Strategy for the Gauteng City Region Observatory. Fascinating. Population of Gauteng, 15.1 million.